This okay, is the problem. I never learned any social skills as a child. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Also Also, the podcast, or if this is the first episode you're listening to, welcome. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Love to have you. I'm Mara, and this is Lainey, and today we're talking about Bridgerton, the first season. Um, when you hear this, the second season is definitely already out, but we recorded it, we're recording it before it's out, so that's that on that. That's a fun little time warp for you <laughs> oh, time <laughs> okay. what are some of your favorite things about the episode about the show my favorite things about the the show and you can't say the butts <laughs> that doesn't count. okay first of all i can say the butts <laughs> because these pants on these men hugging their little heinies so well as an ass girl, I just, I have a deep appreciation for it. Little heinies. <laughs> the little heinies. <laughs> trying to be respectful here, Mara. I like, I like, like, the color themes, I guess. I just like the blues because it makes me think about the blue room. I agree. And also because blue is my favorite color. And <laughs> that room just makes me feel like I'm, like, in Ireland. And like a little cottage hotel room thing by myself and it's morning and it's rainy and everything. It's just like being wrapped in comfort. I agree. Also, it's right next to that window. So it was always so cold. You know, 20 bucks says that's why I like to sleep cold so much because of that room. Um, So, yeah, specifically the end ball. We're going to go straight to the end. That's not my favorite ball. Oh, my gosh. I don't care if that's not your favorite ball. That's my favorite ball. Okay, that's well, what we'll I'm talking talk about. about. Mine, I just I enjoy the fact that like clearly they, like, the people of the town couldn't the ton. convert the town. Yes, we're not talking about it. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> it in a like second. It. We'll talk about it in a second. Anyway, they clearly didn't converse about like a color scheme. Yeah. But they went with a color scheme. It's like in Roger and Hammerstein Cinderella, which I know I reference a lot, where <laughs> they all just went in a color scheme, except the people that were supposed to be like different or odd or shunned. The Cinderella and the like really, really, really light blue. And then the Featheringtons and obviously um, and Cinderella, the evil stepsisters and the mom and like well the mom is she wears like that she's on the deep verge. purple it's like that pattern that's more it's crazy the pattern that's a little me- that's a little kooky although it does look like lionel's pattern if i remember correctly <laughs> lionel man anyway moving on anyway but yeah i love i love the ending ball it doesn't help that it starts to rain obviously yeah, the rain is nice and it gives me some serious taylor swift vibes i just the fact I... that we didn't get a taylor swift song there we got wildest dreams while they were Doing, doing the, the do, do in the like the gazebo mausoleum thingy what in the, the rain. What the fuck is that thing? I have no idea. Someone please tell us because I am confused <laughs> and I don't want to think of it as a mausoleum because that's weird. But like it's not a gazebo. I know. I just think of it as a gazebo because of Pride and Prejudice. No, I know. <laughs> this is like just... I get what you're saying. It's it's this the show is Cinderella meets Pride and Prejudice. Right. The show is basically just how many times can I reference other things that are not this show? But. I find that ball boring. <laughs> How it's dare? Kind of dull to me. Um, the I queen feel... looks like Medusa. Okay. How can you find it boring? I just feel a, a disconnect. I I feel like it's not 
the colors aren't as cohesive as I would like them to be. The lighting isn't as beautiful as I would like it to be. And their dance. I can't stand their okay bunny hopping. I accept. The dance is weird. My boobs would, would never. I, I would hit somebody in the face Daphne with my boobs. I know she doesn't, but I do. And I have to be able to put myself into a scenario in order to like it. Oh, I don't. <laughs> and, and I have to I be would, able to take myself out of the scenario to be able to like it. And I would hit somebody in the face with my boobs because they would not fit into a dress. Um, <laughs> but the fact that you don't like the lighting when that entire ball takes place in like a courtyard. Like, the, ugh, it's not that it's I just, don't like the like, lighting. It just, it didn't all come together for me. That's And like everyone's energy seems so low. Okay, maybe that's why I like it, because I like low energy. That setting is just, like, my dream setting for any and all fancy parties. I do love, the, Including like, my wedding. The flooring outside. Um, but the my favorite ball is the ball. Um, it's also blue. But where she has her Cinderella moment, where she walks down the stairs, and it's right after the Duke says, oh, we were never friends. And she's like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to marry that prince. She's girl bossing her way through this. And <laughs> yeah, I love she's it. straight up stolen from Cressida. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can't steal someone if they ever wanted to stay. <laughs> but, oh, wow. Okay, sorry, I just rough. did Cressida real dirty. <laughs> you did a lot of people real dirty. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, like, you can't just say Once that. a cheater, always a cheater. Okay, anyway. <laughs> friggin'. Oh, I always want to say Regina Pickles, but that's no. the woman who plays Judy, Judy. <laughs> and her name is not Regina. I'm pretty sure it's actually Judy. I think it's Judy Pickles. <laughs> anyway, not Wait, the point. Rugrats? Mara. Tommy Pickles. Yeah. Mara. Remember the pickle lady? Sidebar. The I'm pickle. Sorry. I don't know. Who are you talking about? The pickle lady. In elementary school at South Calloway, the pickle lady would come by. She had like a cart and you had to do like trivia and she'd read us a pickle book and you get, you would get to eat pickles. No, I don't <laughs> remember this. And that's honestly a travesty because I love pickles. I don't really care about pickles, but yeah. The I don't think I ever met her. By. I don't think she did her thing while uh, I was there. I wish I talked to anybody that I went to elementary school with. Are you sure that was South Callaway and not one of your other elementary schools you went to? Okay. I only went to two others and both of them for like half a okay. year. That is a class that I used to get in trouble for talking a lot and for she not paying not attention like and not focusing. You know, I, also... I think I lied to the psychologists. <laughs> Who does it? But anyway, <laughs> back to your back ball. to my ball. <laughs> it's just it's like the perfect blue. It's like powder blue, and she's walking down the stairs, and it's like a spirally staircase, and it just feels like there are flowers everywhere. And I think I like it because it's such like a small space that it happens in. I don't remember much about this ball. And the clearly. way everyone looks, I don't think there really are flowers everywhere. It just feels like there are. No, I don't remember the ball. <laughs> I remember that there is a ball that she like walks down as an, and I know, no, no, it's okay. So I specifically remember the ball before her and Simon are talking about like how Cressida is going to woo the prince. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, obviously Simon is like, I was never your friend. (laughs) And cause he's a dick. And, Mm -hmm. but also the drama um love to see it. <laughs> um and then at that ball she does a couple of things like she drops her fan 
when she comes down the stairs and the prince greets her she like drops her fan or something because she's doing those movements that's the ball i'm talking i know about. that's the, i'm yeah. saying that that's what that's like the only thing i remember from that ball yeah that's the it's that's like it. the first time daphne like really is like i can get anyone i want <laughs> let me command all of this attention. all of the room and it's just i just, I think it's how quiet the scene is, how small the space they're in, so they're all, like, closed in, and it's the Cinderella moment, and it's, like, down the spiral staircase. It's the way it's also shot, almost, like, not quite from above, but almost from above. Okay. I just... I might have to watch the scene again. I love that. I don't remember. Okay, so while we're on the subject of Daphne, um, let's talk about our favorite girl boss moments that she has. I don't like girl boss. It really annoys me. Girl boss! Like, can we just... I don't, I don't like the word. I don't like the word. It just feels so, blech. you know? No, I don't know. You feel blech. I hate the word girl, girl boss. Like. I'm not going to stop using it. <laughs> oh, please don't use it in this podcast. Lainey. Oh my God. Girl boss just feels so chuggy. Coming from the person who just said chuggy. And. <laughs> Fucking Gen Z's. Okay, I will try and find other words, find words other than girl boss. Saying girl boss just makes me feel less ridiculous than saying that she, like, charges her way through or, like, really demands. Anyway, moving on. Okay. But I just like that Daphne is this, like, very soft-spoken character. Not soft-spoken, necessarily, but she's a soft character. She's very she's, demure. Yes, dainty. She's supposed to be like the pinnacle of innocence at this point. You know, she doesn't know anything. I like that she's like that, but and, and I like think... that she likes like I like the the point of making sure that people know that like she's choosing to want a family. I like that kind of arc for her. Um, but I like that they give her the kind of grittier moments of like like when she's confronting Cressida after in Madame Delacroix after the ball where they're her and Simon are found in the garden mm-hmm. and she's like listen I'm about to be the wife of a duke I'm about to be a duchess and you do not mess with me I like that she has those moments but she doesn't lose herself in those moments she doesn't lose herself in oh I could own people by doing this she's got Slytherin like tendencies because she doesn't do it out of I want to own people she does it out of I need to protect my family and my honor also I I don't think she's supposed to be the pinnacle of innocence I think think she's supposed to be like the picture of grace okay yes like she very much so has the quality of, as Wendy Darling's mother describes, a kiss. Yes. I love that. I can't believe, like, I never once thought that I would look at someone and be like, oh, that's what that means. But that's what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. I, the the thing, okay, so I do love that Daphne wants to, that she is like, yes, this is what society says we have to do. But I love how my parents were and i want to do that and like that's what i actually want but i don't like that she judges eloise for what she wants okay yes and like eloise is like you're getting what you want but i want to do this and she's never like i know it sucks that you can't have what you want she's like one day you'll understand you'll grow up and it's like eloise isn't being childish no and i just that's the one thing i don't like is that 
Daphne is a, like while she chooses it, she's a little too like, well, this it's is what like we you have, have to, do. to do it and it's yeah. your duty. And like she very much so wants everyone to understand where she's coming from and like sympathize with her. But she has no. It's like she's like blinders on like she can't see anything from anyone else's point of view and she has no sympathy or empathy. For- <laughs> it's not that she doesn't have sympathy for other people, but she doesn't have empathy like she doesn't like. Oh, I get it. Right. We might have been wrong about the Zodiac sign <laughs> we thought she was. She's not a Taurus. She's a Sagittarius. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate them. <laughs> okay. Disclaimer. I know that, like, two of my favorite people and my cat are all Sagittarius. Is Oh, I was like, two of your favorite people. I feel Lindsay. like if I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. My mind went to Bo first. Okay. My mind went to Lindsay. And the- I always think of, because Bo's so young. And yeah, but Bo's my favorite. I like to believe he doesn't show those tendencies. Yet. I love him, so- and he's also so much of a Sagittarius. That kid, Capricorn cusp. Oh, one hundred percent Sagittarius. It's ridiculous. But also Taylor Swift. So anyway, <laughs> the one thing I don't like about Daphne is the big obvious. <laughs> straight. The big ick. Oh yeah, she. Did, I did get the ick from her there. Yeah, I really enjoy ick as like a concept. Me too. By the way, speaking of icks, speaking of Daphne. Burbrook. <laughs> okay, first that of man all, is a walking ape. I spend half my time trying to convince myself that that's not Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> and like they just look kind of similar. <laughs> like ratty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ratty. That's so mean. Like, yes. Like, this is not to say that um I no, this is not the conversation we're here for. Anyway, it's fine. We'll talk about Peter Pettigrew at a later date. And also speaking of like Garden scenes, honor, Christina uh, shit. The dark walk. The dark walk. First of all, I feel like, like I want to know more about the dark walk. Like, is that just, it's clearly at someone's party venue. But like, who has the dark walk? Like, oh, you're right. Is like, that, whose is that at? Whose is that? Is that the Queen's? No. Is that? Girl, who's that's the very like that? first ball they go to. For the second one, but yes. Whose ball is that? I have that? no clue. But I always wonder. I have questions. And like. I'm going to have to watch the show again. <laughs> if I were any of these people, I'd be like, I'm just going to avoid that ball. Like, I'm, I'm going to sit go. that one out. <laughs> but the venue is so pretty. It is. I know. Oh, my God. And the lemonade glasses. <sighs> lemonade glasses. When what? they go drink lemonade, she's like trying to avoid Nigel. Oh, my God. And he's like, I've been in love with you ever since. I first saw That's you disgusting. and she was like, I was five. That shit's disgusting. It's disgusting. Who's Nigel Barker? Nigel Barker, Nigel Barker, Nigel Barker, Why am I thinking photographer? Yes. America's Next Top Model. Is that? <laughs> okay. Good to know I'm not crazy. I mean, I am, but that's anyway. not what I mean. <laughs> See, I have fake ADHD. I wouldn't have top, ever remembered top, that. Stop. Oh. Can we just talk about, like, how the whole... Ma- First of all, they call it, like, the marriage market or whatever. First of all, <laughs> the market. This little piggy went to market. Like, Stop. It's gross. Like, it freaks me out. And also, child brides. <laughs> no. Why are, like, they're all, oh, Colin's not old enough to get married. He's older than Daphne, though. And Daphne was perfectly old enough to get married and start having babies. And it's, like so children are allowed to marry old men because 
why also nigel oh who is it um nigel doesn't say it but the old man who wants to marry marina who's like trying to entertain that while she's like that gross guy skeeved out um and he says oh i'll try her out or something like that and it's like what disgusting that's not how that works she's not not, a t-shirt right i am not no absolutely not because women are seen as accessories and at one point he says something about how oh i don't care how good her needlework is and i get so offended because my needlework is good damn it and you better appreciate that about me (laughs) listen speaking of i'm sorry do you have more points I was just going to talk more about how I don't like the marriage market and how... Now, I lost it because now I'm all like, what is Mara going to talk about? Oh, I'm sorry. That's Usually. not what I meant. What is this balloon from? If you say your birthday party... No, we blew them up for... New Year's Eve. Yeah. Jesus. Um. Anyway, speaking of ages and Nigel's mom and Colin <laughs> and Nigel Daphne... And- because Nigel's mom Nigel the same and age. Nigel's mom are the same age. They just are. They Daphne's are the same age. Clearly older than Colin. Uh, Daphne is also clearly younger than Eloise. No, she's not. Eloise is clearly younger by than Daphne. The I will I stand by that. No. More importantly, <laughs> the most important of all, Benedict, Benedict is older, older than, than Anthony. Anthony is the the second. Son. I just have questions. <laughs> sure, like he has oldest like oldest child energy, but he has. Right second child face yes 100 <laughs> percent. also the mutton chops <laughs> they're gone for season two it's fine good We're all... it's just a relief i'm so tired it is a things. relief less mutton chops more asses in those pants <laughs> anyway <sighs> cheesy little peasy like it's the only reason to watch baseball is the pants the only oh man remember the summer when i was on a huge baseball kick randomly or this past summer I never went and saw a game. No. Yeah, I read a Ready fan fiction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the baseball I team. Ate so much. Listen, twin size mattress was referenced so many times in that story, and I loved it so much, and I kind of want to read it again, but who knows? It's probably taken down. Like, my favorite one was. I'm still really upset about that one. Oh, I haven't read Ready fan fiction in a while. I should read it. Anyway, um, speaking of the Bridgertons, however, I have a couple of points. Well, can, to continue further, the the Benedict is younger than Antony track. None of them really. I mean, despite the fact that like Antony and Benedict, the first time I watched the show, oh, I not, did not know who like, was we couldn't who. even tell Colin apart from them. Which right. like now looking at them, they all look so different. Right. <laughs> like I don't know how I did. Okay, it first I blame time. COVID the first time. I was oh, legitimately dying. You I did dying. not get up from the couch for like two weeks. I didn't either, but that was for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, you were doing sciatica, and I was all like waking up because I couldn't okay. breathe. <laughs> that is so unfair. I'm not trying to say that I was I in worse know, pain Mara. than you. Are. I feel bad that oh, I, I was, know you weren't. I feel bad that I like couldn't move to help you while you were dying from COVID, but I legitimately couldn't move. Same. Like I was frozen, just like absolute honestly because of the sciatica. Having COVID was the worst. If I ever had to do that again, I'd probably just You mean again again? Because you did get it a second time. I did get it a second time. <sighs> I tried so hard too. Like I was so good. I never got it once. It was so good. 
shut up because you quarantined with me both times and i somehow never got sick it's I, fine i know i also have had like four colds in the last two months. i haven't had a single one <laughs> you know I what get stomach this is what autoimmune so disease like, do to you stomach issues <laughs> throw out well ass. apparently i have ibs literally this year, you do have so. ibs i swear to god <laughs> anyway <laughs> but having covid was the worst like worst pain i've ever felt worst i've ever been sick legitimately there were times i did not think i was gonna pull through oh my gosh mara it's not i have to laugh about it or i'll cry funny remember the time i thought you had appendicitis or you had what pancreatic cancer yes (laughs) i just lost i thought i had pancreatitis and you just (laughs) automatically you said my kidneys hurt you google it you go i think i have pancreatitis we're playing harry potter lego or we were watching we were watching the office and cross stitching anyway i just remember harry potter i specifically the dragon task not the actual task but like where you have to like because we were at grandma's i'm like okay moving on and you said, I think I have pancreatitis. And my entire body shut down. I just went, I know. what are you saying? It was like I had already died. <laughs> but I, like, I got a sneak peek preview of what would happen. But anyway, as I was saying, worst time of my life. But also, some of the best memories. I agree. It was like, a good time. Watching you weeks. roll on the floor for an hour. That was not a good time. Like, you could not get up. That was not a good time. That was, that was horrible. Also, like... Watching Bridgerton, watching Emily, Emily in Paris. Paris, discovering driver's license. Oh, that happened during quarantine too. Yeah, because we were watching Emily in Paris. You went to the bathroom, so the show was paused, and I was on Tumblr trying to find out Taylor Swift stuff, and because it was right after Evermore came out, and everybody was trying, freaking out, thinking there was going to be a third one coming out soon. So I was on Tumblr looking through the taylor swift tag as i am wont to do very often and someone said olivia rodrigo or driver's license is similar to taylor swift they they made some reference of it um in that way and i went oh what is that in my head i was thinking olivia rodrigo is similar to like phoebe bridgers i don't know why but that's where i was at and then i listened to it went oh my gosh i think i hate this song and then you came out and we listened to it again. And then I went, oh my gosh, I think I love this song. And then I went, who the hell is Olivia Rodrigo? And I Googled it and I went, oh, she's the girl from High School Musical. Is that the, the first the time series. I ever watched High School Musical, the series with you too? No, we didn't watch it during quarantine. Oh. I just, I don't have any like straight up memories of having COVID and quarantining. Oh, I'm sure. It's all like, a, you know, like when you have like a fever and everything's just kind of like all your memories are kind of blurry. Like you kind of, you kind of no, know. I remember nothing from my childhood. <laughs> I'm saying when you have a fever. Yeah, I haven't had a fever since I was a kid. Fuck you. I probably had a fever yesterday. <laughs> probably. You always have a fever. I'm always sick. But anyway, I, everything's like a feverish. Like I was doped up on NyQuil the whole time. So oh, like man, everything's like a half NyQuil. memory. Like everything's like blurry on the edges. <laughs> Yeah, the little hazy quality. This is not the point. I mean, it is the point, but moving on. <laughs> so I just... the point. That was my first time with Bridgerton. I mean, yes, it was our first time with Bridgerton. So we didn't, we couldn't keep them apart, which is stupid <laughs> because they stupid. don't look Again, anything. I was hyped up on or dumped up on Nyquil. <laughs> I know because they don't look anything alike, and that's my whole point: is that they don't look anything alike. Like, obviously, there's a. If you don't know them that well, you're going to get those three boys confused, I guess. But I... 
I Colin's just, hair is very dark. Okay, Colin's hair is... Colin looks nothing like the other two. I don't know where I was getting Colin confused with everybody else, but I was. I no Half the time I saw Benedict and I was like... He looks older than Antony and I was like... Which is why we wanted to think he was Antony. Right. Probably. But also, so many times I saw him and I went... Who is that guy? Literally, when Eloise is sitting on the swing and smoking and he comes out to talk to her, I, for 2.5 seconds, was like, oh, I shipped this because I didn't realize You said it was that out loud. Brother. I remember that the first time we were watching that and I went, Mara, I think that's her brother. And you went, no, it's not. Because <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, it just doesn't also, how can you ship Eloise with anyone but the horse guy at the okay. end? <laughs> That is new. That I didn't realize the first time we watched it. I did. Listen, I don't know how I did it. But listen, the look he gives her, she's getting into that carriage and he's like, you know, we can't do this. And she's like, you have to listen to me. And he just goes and gives her this look that's like, I can't deal with your attitude. But God, I love you. But God, I would do anything And now I will never be happy unless that is her storyline. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I just need, hey, Shondaland, I just need it to happen. Shondaland, do us a favor, yo. Anyway, (laughs) but you know, I just... Something about him and why I think I ship him with Eloise is that so she is very like like everywhere. Okay, like <laughs> you know what I mean? But like she's off the wall. She's everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's constantly going and thinking. And I feel like the way she speaks is very like rushed and I have to get all of this out or I'm not gonna get any of it out kind of thing. But he has like wild eyes, like crazy eyes, like <laughs> Like, he just looks like like he's always waiting for an adventure. Like, he wants, like, let's go, 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 go. Let's do the next thing. Let's have fun. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I just feel like their energies match up. I get it. To me. But also, and you had said this earlier, there's something about he looks like the kind of guy that wants to be in love with a woman that he would follow to the ends of the earth for, yeah. for anything. And Eloise is definitely the woman that you would follow, follow to, to the, the ends, ends of, of the, the earth. earth. Yeah. She is the woman that is a jet setter. She wants to do what she wants to do. And she is going to have to be with a man who's just so in love who's with her for the ride that he just wants to be there for yeah. everything that she has to do. He's, yeah. He just wants to be like, and I, I love it. I love that idea as a con. I love that idea. Someone write me a fanfic, please. <laughs> Back to my original point. <laughs> the one critique of the casting I have is that none of the Bridgertons look like siblings, despite the first time we watch the show. They just don't. They don't, like, from the face, they don't have any really similar features. Like, from face on, they don't have similar features. The scene where Daphne and Antony are trying to figure out how to not be rich-ass babies and warm up some milk that's probably already warm. Because they did not have fridges back then. Yeah, I still don't know how that one happened. I want to know what happened. <laughs> anyway, ice? No, because how would they make ice? Oh my gosh, they just didn't have... How did they drink their champagne? Warm? That's disgusting. That is despicable. Did they not have ice cream? They clearly did because they go to the ice cream shop. But how? <laughs> I have so many questions. I'm so confused. <laughs> I need people to tell me. I need people to give me answers because I don't understand anything. Moving on. When in that scene, there's a shot of them from their profiles and they don't. It, it's the, it's worse in the profiles. They don't look anything alike. And honestly, I feel like for the most part, and this might be just because of dad's siblings. Siblings the, mo- the most alike from their profiles. I see any of his brothers from the side and I go, oh, that's dad. And then I cry. And, <laughs> but like face on, it's 
easier to tell that it's not him. You're right. It's easier to tell face on. But that's, I think, because we know their faces. But seeing any of them from behind, from the side, hearing any of them, I'm like, Dad? Right. Exactly. And then you cry because no. I don't always cry, but I... Well, I mean, internally cry. Wait, wait, Dad's dead. (laughs) Oh, wait. That's not possible. (laughs) You're like, oh, lady, you're stupid. Remember, like, a few years ago, that happened. Okay, I'm going to cry if we keep talking about it. Um, My point is just that casting should consider profiles. (laughs) People who cast I just, should consider I feel profiles. Like I could forgive the casting. Oh, I mean, if, I'm not upset about it. If they acted more like siblings. Ooh, yes. yes. yes Hyacinth yes, yes, and yes. Gregory act like siblings. But they're not I would in say it, Benedict really. acts like siblings with all of them. I agree. But most of Benedict's storyline has nothing to do with any of them. Yep, you're right. Colin doesn't seem like he has anything to do with this family. There are a couple times when Antony does... Antony and Colin's relationship is very much so a big brother to younger, older brother to younger brother situation, but it is because they're put in that situation, not in an overall sense. Yeah. Which is frustrating. Um, I mean, I guess like sibling relationships back then were probably pretty different, especially between genders, but. And yes, but they make a big point about how close the siblings are like that's daphne's whole reason for wanting a large family because she grew up in a large family that was loud and loved each other and we're super close and i just don't see i will say the duke points out that like they eat dinner all together instead of like the parents eating a table and all the kids eating like tucked away in the kitchen or whatever which i know is not common i just I, I still think you needed to make it come. You needed to make it more clear. Like the Featheringtons now. do a better job at portraying siblings than right. the Bridgertons did. Prudence and I don't and... think it's so much that the, the that the actors didn't do a good job at portraying oh, no. it. I think it was a story. I think they didn't have enough intertwined storylines with each other to really hone in on that. Right. Because their stories are so being so caught up. Because you're focusing on each sibling. And so you're not. There are less times that you're focusing on the siblings together. Um, but yeah, I just, and also I don't even care if it was back then. Siblings don't call each other brother and sister. Yes, they don't I call each other bro and sis. That's just not a thing. You can tell if a writer has a sibling or not, because that is not what happens or if they're close with their sibling, I guess. I've never once looked at you or Lindsay and gone, what's up, sis? No. Look we do call each, each other sister friends sometimes, <laughs> but that's like, ironically, like sister friend, a lot like from a Cinderella that. story. All right. So we've covered, uh Okay, we have to talk a minute about Violet, the matriarch of the Bridgertons. She's perfect. The best part of this entire show, besides Lady Danbury. Okay, but what's better than <laughs> when those two get together? Oh my gosh, I know. I love them. They're all, all gossip biddies, and I am obsessed with it. No, but um, just Violet. Specifically, drunk Violet. <laughs> Specifically, Colin taking care of drunk Violet. <laughs> Like chef's kiss perfection. That is a good family moment of her being like, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. And he's just laughing because he's like, yes, you are. But it's okay, mom. I will say that while they don't do a good job at portraying siblings, she does a very good job at portraying someone who has raised each of those kids. Yes. Their entire life and knows them in and out. Like it's, I just feel so bad. Like her strained relationship with Antony is so sad to me. I know. Because like he's her first little boy. Like. And, like, it just, because there's clearly, like, the power struggle of him being, like, I have to do this. I'm the man of the house. And her being, like, I am 
perfectly fine to take care of this on my own. Like, I don't need you to do everything that your dad would have done because, and I don't even think it's her being like, you're not cut out for it or like, I want to do it because I know it's best. I think it's her being like, I'm still your mom. Yeah. I want to take care of you. I don't want you to have to take care of And she can see that he's very lost. Yeah. And it's like, she just wants to mother him. And he's like, nah. I love it. Woman is definitely a cancer for sure. For sure. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Also, like, she just was so in love with her husband. I know. It's so sad. And I wonder. pillow thing. That makes me want to vomit. It's so sad. I love it so much. But I wonder if that's why Anthony has such a strange relationship. I do it every time. Anthony has such a strange relationship with her because his dad died. And I feel like it immediately, his brain went into, I have to be the man of the house now. And he's resentful of it because he knew what it meant and he doesn't want it. I think Um, he's resentful of the fact that he didn't get to finish out being like, a kid not even just a kid but like a young man back then who could do whatever he wanted with all the privilege and stuff that he had and i don't think he resents violet i think he resents his dad for having died and i think that because his dad's not there he's going to take it out on violet right listen season two is about anthony and i'm really excited to learn more about like his inner psyche I just am. You know who I hope to not see in season two? And not because I don't like her. Well, yes. (laughs) That's because I don't like her. But not because I don't like her, but because I just don't think she fits into his storyline anymore. Francois? Sienna. Sienna. Okay. I'm not. We're not there No, Francesca fits into the storyline. She is a Bridgerton child. (laughs) I dead ass forgot for a minute that her name is not Francois. Francois, get back. (laughs) I was like, uh, an episode ago. (laughs) Legitimately. Just do not remember that girl. It just doesn't click in my brain. One at all. Not at all. And not because of the actress, but because of, like, the tiny little part she had. And, like, she didn't even really say no, any she's lines. there she's because she has to be character. there so that way we can have a season for her. So, I mean, if there's anything I want from season two, it's more Francesca, I guess. More wants to know who the fuck this bitch is. You are not going to sell me on her season if they make a season about her if I don't know her. You're just not. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. But I'm not going to be into it. I had a couple more things to say about the Bridgertons and I'm trying to remember what they were really quickly without delving into like separate storylines. I mean, Sienna, I don't really have much to say about Sienna. I don't think the good thing about that storyline is that I don't feel like I have any more interest in knowing more about Sienna or about like her story. I feel like even though we saw a lot of Sienna and we saw a lot of her without Antony, it was all to benefit his storyline and to further his storyline. That's the mark of a bad and character. I, but I like that. Like, I, not that I like that she's like a throwaway character or that she's a throwaway female character in terms of like having just been there for a man. Because I don't think, it's not that, okay, it's not that like watching it, I didn't want to know more about her. It's that I feel like for us, her story is over now. Like she chose a specific path and so it's done like she had the like her story came to a close yeah i mean for Um, what it's worth i never felt like it was like she was a character that was there to prop up a man i didn't feel like that at all that's that's not what i mean to say i think i mean to say that like by the end of the season we're done with her story so it's like everything she contributed to antony's story made sense um i just feel 
that Antony never loved Sienna, never really wanted that life, but he was just obsessed with, like, the freedom of it all. And we both know how I feel about the whole Sienna and Antony thing. I feel like we didn't get enough time with them because I do feel... And I guess if you phrase it in a way that he wasn't actually in love with her, he was more in love with that kind of lifestyle and the fact that he it didn't come with duties and stuff like that. I get why we wouldn't have had a buildup of their relationship. However, I am annoyed by the fact that we didn't have a buildup of their relationship. We only had a fallout. It makes it it makes me not care about the relationship. I have nothing to care about there. But it's like with an indie movie, how you like dropped into a moment in time. Like, you're dropped into a point where they've built an entire relationship. You're only getting the fallout. I don't think you always have to see everything go from start to finish. I agree. I don't think you do either. And I'm not saying that. It's that we didn't see anything but the fallout. We didn't see any in between. I mean, you saw saw them hanging out quite a bit and him being like, oh, no, this is fine. This is fine. We can keep doing this and, like, making promises to her. And, like, clearly it was always a struggle. And then no. you get the fallout. I feel like the enti- every time we saw him, every time we saw them, he was leaving and saying, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. Or, oh, this is wrong. She was upset. It, it felt like a fallout the entire time. It never felt like a middle to me. I bet and- their entire relationship felt like a fallout oh, the entire time. I mean, and I mean, yeah, probably some of that is true. But I'm just saying that there wasn't anything tangible. There's not anything I can look back on and be like, oh, that makes me think of Antony and Sienna. That makes me sad. Kind of. Okay. The moment with Violet and the pillow and her husband, how she always touches her husband's pillow when she wakes up in the morning. I needed some kind of tangible proof of the relationship from that. Like that. And I think that comes from you like putting so much into like not being with someone unless you know that there's a future and stuff like that like how seriously you would take relationships because i think sometimes it's fine to not always have something tangible to see like they weren't gonna work out they i don't think they ever really got to the point that they were in love and gonna do anything for each other so there's you wouldn't have something like that like the pillow that that relationship is dull and lifeless and pointless to me and I find it annoying so it makes me not care about it and then I get upset at the end when he's like trying to be like no I don't care anymore I want this I anyway because at the end it feels to me like he is saying I don't care anymore what people say I just want to be with you and you can be with me and it's fine no one's gonna say anything and she turns around and is like, I don't want to be someone that I'm not. And to me, it was never him asking that. It was him saying, I want to be together. Sometimes that means you're going to have to do things with me in a world that you're not used to. I, I never saw it as him asking her to stop doing what she was doing. I think to her, it wasn't him being, I think it was, I think he was, I will take care of you. You don't have to do anything anymore. And she is very much so loves her independence. And she felt like she was going to be dependent on him in that but kind of a life. he never said that. Okay. So I just never got But he that. never said that he wouldn't. I, I get that. I think that that's how that was coming out from him. Whatever. I think it's flat. Just like Marina and Sir George's storyline. And wow, apparently you didn't like Bridgerton at all. I loved the show. That's a throwaway character. 
That's a horrible storyline. Thinking that's back flat. on it, I'm trying to that's remember flat. what I like. <laughs> oh my god, Mara I likes do. it because it's fancy and there are balls and the colors. I like the Regency era, super cool. I like the aesthetic. I love Eloise. I love Eloise so much. I like the concept of. I, I hope we get more into the Penelope's Lady Whistledown and trying to like hide all that and stuff like that. I like the concept of that. I do kind of wish almost that we wouldn't have known who Lady Whistledown was. Although that feels a little too gossip girly. No, I'm excited to see how they play it next season. I am excited to see how they play it now, especially now that we know to see like all the little nuances and stuff. Like at one point in the first season, um, Eloise is talking to Penelope and she's like, I figured it out. I figured it out. I'm going to go tell the queen. And Penelope's like, and then Eloise says, it's Madame Delacroix. And you can see on Penelope's face, just the, okay. I, I never noticed it the first time. I So here's something that's kind of bothered me is that at the end when Eloise finds out that it's not Madame Delacroix and then she realizes when she's talking like at the end of the show that she doesn't know who Lady Whistledown is. She gets this like panicked look. She looks like her life is she's about to like, end. Like she's going to oh die my because God, she doesn't like, know. What do I do? And I'm like, I, I get that like it's supposed to be like this big thing for the character. Like she's like disappointed or she's like, oh my God, but who is it? But she looks like distraught. Like she just got really bad news. I took it a little too and far. And confuses me. It's like she had something writing on it. Like if she yeah. had told the queen who she thought, like in my head, if that reaction would have come, if she had told the queen who she thought it was, the queen had done something for her or, you know, in some way, if the queen found out that she was wrong, all hell would break loose. Well, but no one, she didn't tell anybody other than Penelope, obviously. And, and she just looks absolutely devastated she does it looks like she's had the rug pulled out from under her but part of me is like okay well maybe that's because she's been expecting lady whistledown to like write all of her wrongs and like restore the featherington name and like stop harping on the bridgertons but like it doesn't come across like that's why she did it no and honestly i forgot that that was even part of it until we watched it the second time that she was like trying to convince madame delacroix when she thought she was lady whistledown to like repair the damages that she did to the featheringtons yeah i never i just didn't really think of that as like being eloise's point which is a little mean because i'm sure eloise is a genuinely lovely girl (laughs) that's just not what i thought was going on um (laughs) but yeah i don't understand i didn't understand why she was like absolutely just traumatized by the fact that the Lady Whistledown was a Madame Delacroix. Speaking of Eloise being traumatized, the entire bit of her and Penelope trying to oh figure my gosh, out how babies, babies are, made. are made. They're like, and Eloise is like, well, we have to know so that we don't catch it. Like, what if it's catching? It's and not it's like, cold. Oh it's my gosh. just so funny. And then like, when she sits down and she like asks what Benedict, I think, Benedict Colin, and I think. Anthony. Oh, is and it Colin. Anthony? No, it's not Anthony. It's Colin. Because then Colin said, we're going to go, like... Because he talks about the farm. This, Have you well, ever been on a farm? Yeah, but then he talks about, like, sticks. <laughs> Colin is just being Colin. Well, when they get... He's like, we're going to go do some, something with sticks. And um, I'm pretty sure it's Violet, like, looks at them and he's oh, like... Oh, she's like, stop it. Yeah. And he's like, Violet no, no, doesn't no, want to tell anybody. joke. <laughs> yeah, she's so uncomfortable with it. <laughs> Um, let's talk about Colin for a minute. Um, no, hold on. I'm not done with the pregnancy what? thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> said, oh, what? <laughs> the, okay. So back to the, like, freaking out, thinking that it's, like, contagious. And then, so clearly Penelope is a romantic. 
and she's like listening to Marina um, talk about how it happened and that she's in love with George or whatever. And then when she tells Eloise, she's like, I found out how it happened. And Eloise is like, yeah. And she's like, love. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Eloise is like, I'm even more confused now. And then and, she's like scared she's going to catch that too. Louise is like, I can't. I can't have a coming out. I can't go out and get married because I'm going to fall in love and have like, a kid. Eloise, I'm sorry. But honestly, if it was catching, you'd be pregnant with the coachman's kid by now. Fact. <laughs> and also, honestly, me about having babies. <laughs> Just the entire sequence. The sheer panic. The sheer panic. Okay, now let's talk about Colin. Colin, I know you don't care for him as much as I care for I him. I really, like, I feel like everyone's like, Colin's baby bean. And I'm like, Neh. I don't know that anybody cares about Colin a whole lot. I haven't really looked it up on Tumblr or anything a whole lot, but I feel like most people cared about Anthony. I feel like no or one the cared about Daphne. Anthony. Well, everyone um, cared about the Duke and Daphne. Well, because people, <laughs> despite what I think people really liked Sienna and Anthony, I think they really liked Sienna and I think they just wanted better for her, which I also want better for her. I think Anthony took too long to get his head out of his ass. This is not the point. Anyway, Colin, though, is just like the sweetest little baby puppy dog. He's just sunshine and butterflies. And I know you don't agree with me. I just like the idea that he because he kind of alludes to it. And I didn't really think much of it the first time we watched it. But he just kind of he says something about how like he's a giant flirt. And, you know, he goes out and just like talks to people. And I just feel like it's not in the way that like most men are giant flirts. It's more of a, he's just a happy go I don't think ha- it's, it even comes across the way that he says that it does. Okay, thank you for interrupting <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway. You've been talking for a long time. I talk a lot. It's fine. You do this too. I, I have stuff to say. Three rants of yours. I have things to say. <laughs> Mara, don't silence me. Shut up. Moving on. I just feel like it, he's flirting in the way that's like I he's just a happy-go-lucky kind of I'm having fun I'm talking to people I naturally flirt kind of way I love that about him I love that he just I like that he wants to travel and then this whole thing with Marina and he's like oh no I love you we have to get married now I'm gonna do anything we can to do it and then when he finds out that she's pregnant he's like if you had told me I would have fixed it i would have done oh, something yeah. about it like, that does make him a gem and i do like i do like his friendship with penelope i i know you don't like penelope and colin's relationship i like their friendship maybe because i see a lot of myself in penelope and i always wanted that relationship with someone like colin and so i get it but i just i love colin so much i okay here's that my is thing. my whole point i just love colin it's not that i don't like colin it's that I felt like they were going in one direction with him all throughout the season. And then at the very end, he was like, I'm this giant flirt. And It's not that I dislike Colin. It's that I feel like in the beginning of the season, even though maybe he mentions it every now and then, he's like, he has no seemingly like romantic charisma. And then at the end, he's like, I'm a ladies man and I get what I want. Mm, okay. And he like saying. is like kind of arrogant. And I'm like, wait, this is a different kind of Colin. But it's not in like a he's trying to impress Marina kind of Colin. It's just like, I don't know. Also, like, yes, I don't think that he deserves Penelope. I, it's not that I dislike their friendship. I like that they're friends. I just think for her, it's more than that. And she's never going to be able to be out of that kind of mindset. And he doesn't see her like he sees her as Penelope or like 
he will talk to her, but it could be anyone standing in that same place and he would be talking the same way. I don't think he thinks their friendship is that deep of a connection. And I think he looks at her more as this is my little sister's best friend and not this is my friend Penelope. And also, also, I just... (laughs) Sick plug. I just... I agree with Antony and Violet. He's not old enough to get married. Oh, no, he's not. It's not that I'm like, oh, he's not old enough. Because, like, I clearly made the argument that, like, no, you know, and clearly he's in his 20s. It's that maturity wise. Yes, he's not very mature. He's very he's still very, like, impatient. He's still very, like, impulsive. And he's he's got blinders on. Like, he he sees only what he wants and he will accept only what he wants and he doesn't seem to want to take everything like as it is at face value. It seems to me like everything is like rose colored glasses with him. And I just don't think that he's ready for that. That he that he doesn't see Penelope the right way. I understand that she sees him as like this guy that she wants to be with because she really likes him. And I I I get that he isn't is invested in the relationship as she is clearly however the hopeless romantic in me that loves a good little sister or best friends little sister's best friend is in love with you and you don't notice it yada 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 that whole storyline okay, but we already got the duke and daphne I, little okay. sister married the older the, brother's best friend the duke and daphne are completely different and i don't think it counts because antony and the duke spend so much time not acting like friends <clears throat> They're frenemies, Mark. <laughs> I don't think it counts. They act they more like siblings. <laughs> they were roommates. They do act more like siblings. You are correct. Moving on. I just, I mean, because what happens when he does suddenly notice Penelope? I don't think he ever will. Okay. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. I'm just saying okay, here's... that he might not right now, but there's a chance that he could. And I am writing on that hope. If Paige DeSorbo <laughs> has taught me anything, it's that if you are not immediately mm-hmm. obsessed with that person, you will never be obsessed with that person. Okay. Intrigue. I guess. You can't be like, there's no connection. Let's see if a connection will start to build. No, there's a connection or there's not. Okay, no, that's different. That's like the Monica and Pete thing where she has no attraction to that man whatsoever and she keeps trying because he has a lot of money and he's nice. I think that, I don't think that relationship happens. I don't think that happens. I think there is something different about you don't notice someone until you notice someone. I think you would always notice. I think you're going to notice no matter what. Okay, but by that logic, Lily should have never ended up with James. Harry should have never ended up with Ginny. There's so many relationships that would have never worked out then. Rachel should have never ended up with Ross. Monica and Chandler should never have ended up together. Look at every relationship okay, that you Rachel like. and Ross is different because when she ends up coming back into the friend group mm-hmm. and knowing him more as like an adult, she does kind of have that like thought of like, oh, this is Ross. He's grown up. And it's like, I think it's different when there's like time apart. But you can't like spend consistent time with someone and then randomly one day just be like, oh, I don't believe that. Monica and Rachel or Monica and Chandler, they are friends okay, for yes, so many seasons. They don't Mar- see each other that You're talking way at about all. fictional people. I know. Okay. So, yes, I am talking about fictional people and I understand that. <clears throat> I'm just <clears throat> saying that I don't think it's so cut and dry as you're either into them or you're not into them. And that is it. I think that different I don't mindsets think- and stuff. Okay. 
I get what you're saying. And yes, I do think sometimes that does happen. And I think a lot of times that happens because you grow up with the person and you're developing from children into adults. Which is my favorite kind. But I think that with Penelope and Colin, it's different because to me, it seems like he views her like a little kid and like a little sister. And you can never, if you look at someone like a little sister or a little kid, you can never then go into being in love with them. Okay. I Whatever. I'm moving on because now I'm just annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. We should probably talk about the Featheringtons and also yeah, Marina's storyline more in depth. Because I just, gloss I kind of feel like you're right with Marina's storyline though. Like, it's flat it it is it's flat like we all knew kind of where it was going like was it somewhat surprising that george died instead of just having abandoned her yeah but he's still even not so much and like now i feel like oh she's just marrying his brother like okay so i feel like almost like where did that go i don't know (laughs) i'm with um the featherington sisters though prudence or what's the other one's name philippa philippa i think it was prudence said it <laughs> prince uh, what's his name sir the, george's brother walks in <laughs> that was a mess christ <laughs> that was a mess george's brother walks in and he proposes and marina's like i can't do that and i'm pretty sure prudence's face prudence's face is just i'll do it <laughs> like there's no hesitation those two girls are desperate she will do it but also like Philippa and Philippa what's and his little name? The yeah, cheese guy. The cheese guy. They're I so remember cute. They were all... I don't either. But like, and the whole dowry thing, like that sucks. And oh yeah, that's so sad. Like, and then he ran away. And like, I feel like the storyline is also very common. Like, the dad is addicted to gambling, and their money is all gone. But it is like back then when you were nothing without that. Like that's you know like it's just rough yeah like no one would look at philip or prudence and be like well maybe cheese guy would and be like (laughs) but she's funny and she's smart and she's got a great personality it's like "Mm, she can't give me any money to marry her (laughs) right i wish they had had more personality they kind of give it to philip a little bit because of the whole cheese guy but they are very just has nothing they are very anastasia drizella ugly stepsisters and it's annoying and i just i do wish we had seen a little more of them also i want to know where like penelope gets her gentleness because clearly it's not from her mom oh, but like yeah, her no, dad's just slimy people. also she's very upset about like her dad dying at the end i don't believe he's dead but whatever um i'm sorry no body no crime and <laughs> sick <Taylor Swift's> <laughs> and i just also just like the two guys like it oh yeah no that's fishy it's so. fishy it's very fishy. However, I still have to say, when the cops announce that your husband is dead, the <laughs> running first to look thing for your money is not run for the money. No, and it sucks. And like I, I get that that looks so suspicious, and I feel so bad for it because she doesn't do it as in like, you know, she's not like a heartless wench. It's like I mean, she wasn't in love with this man. He fucked her over. She's to me, it comes straight from a place of. My girls will have nothing, and I have devoted my life to my girls. See, but I don't think that's what it is. I think she views them in the sense of more as dolls. They're an outcome of a marriage that she didn't care about and a relationship that she was forced into, and she just wants them out. That's why she puts them all out at one time. I don't think that's true. So that way she can be done. I don't think that's true. 
I think that she wants to be a very successful family. And that's why she does it. But when she's talking to Marina, because when Marina's entertaining the idea of maybe it's not marrying the old guy. It's like marrying George's brother, maybe. And she's like, how did you do it? And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, how did you stay married to someone you had no love for? And she said, you find things to love and eventually it becomes enough. And she said, like your babies, that makes it enough. She clearly loves her children. I just wish it would have come across more because it doesn't. It does. It, it doesn't come across as her loving her children. It comes across as her just being a controlling and domineering. To mom. me, I see it. I and see the annoying. love, and I see like to me her running there and screaming about the money being gone because the thing she's upset about when the money is gone is not what do we do, how do we pay for anything. It's what about our girls? Like to me, it's that she's, it's the desperate like. Oh, God, wh- what will happen to my kids? See, I saw it as, what about our girls? How are they supposed to get nice things and nice clothes now? How are we supposed to give them a dowry to get out? I mean, That's I, she's how still I clearly materialistic it. and superficial, but I think that it comes. I think that her freaking out about the money and her intentions are always, I want what's best for my children. It just didn't come across that way to me. And I just find her really vapid and annoying, specifically when she goes and she basically begs Daphne for uh, an invite oh my God, to that's the ball. such a cringy <laughs> i hate it I but hate again it to me so that comes much. from a place of my girls like what will i do if they can't be in society i still don't get that but yeah <laughs> i do i just the whole featherington is a whole flippy yeah. floppity mess I, i'm excited to see and... next season what they do with the whole dad storyline being done oh but that was my thing about penelope's gentleness like and then she's all upset about her dad dying. And it's like, you never see him interact with them at all. At all. So, like, I can't imagine that she really felt that much of an attachment. But, I mean, maybe she is looking at it as, what are we supposed to do now? Because yeah. the dad, because we know that they don't get the house. Yeah. So Because I want to know whose name is on that piece of paper. Pr- Everybody wants to know whose name is on that piece of paper. And it has, it has to be someone we know. I just feel like they would have announced it otherwise. Yeah. Or they would have like shown a clip of him like coming into the scene at the very end. There would have been some like, oh, this is who's supposed to be taking over. You would have had some kind of in like some kind of prior knowledge of who this man is. Yeah. Going into the next season. It's someone we already know. But I wonder who. And I want to know who. It's got to be someone like we would never remember. Never suspect. Or never remember. Oh my gosh. What if it's Burbrook? It's not Burbrook. That no, there's no way. No, I know it's not Burbrook. I just what? What? What if it's supposed to be Marina's dad? Like he. I wondered about that, and if like, although he did give the deed to those guys. Yeah, but he he didn't give the deed to he oh, bet no, the he deed. Bet the he deed technically wanted to back. Them. And that was such a shady illegal thing. I don't think anything would. But you're right. What if it's supposed to be like Marina's dad and he gifts it to Marina and her new husband? (laughs) Right. That's what I was just wondering. I just feel like that's. That's kind of. I can't do another season with Marina, guys. I don't don't know. I hate it. I didn't like the character of Marina. I have I sympathy for her. So bad about but it. again, I just her thing. I think that's part of my thing with her is in her storyline. It probably wouldn't have been so flat. She didn't come off desperate to me at all. She came off snobby and entitled and very like, I'm not trying to get Colin to marry me because like I need him to and I'm going to be like desperate about it. But in like a 
it became almost like a game to yeah. her where she was like proud I can of herself have and like she I felt want. better than yeah. people and then she was all penelope i'm a woman you're a child and it's like just because you're pregnant doesn't make you a woman forcing someone into a marriage doesn't make you a grown-up no it doesn't and like when she like when daphne offers to write the general and then she does and marina loses her shit because she, she didn't, didn't have get, the duke sign d- it yeah and she's like it's over you basically mess this up she acts like she knows more than daphne does yeah that's like a con- i know that well, daphne always, sometimes doesn't know all she's of what's always happening all, but... this is my life this is my life and like she at one point mentions like i have to do what's best for me and my kid and it's like you mentioned your kid maybe once you don't seem like you want like even if she did seem desperate to get married and it didn't seem more like she was kind of cocky about like tricking colin it seemed more like she was like i have to marry him because what will become of me because how will i be looked at as a single mother and not who will help raise my child because i don't want my child to be in that situation right it was never because i feel like if that were the case she would have been more willing to go along with uh lady featherington's antics of trying to find whoever like i mean obviously yes be annoyed about it because you don't want to end up with someone that you don't like but if she is worried about i mean i guess at the beginning though she was still expecting sir george to come back yeah but it's at the end when she's tricking colin like she seems way too like on her high horse proud of herself and like she comes down the stairs before they go to the bridgertons for dinner and she's just like and stares at them all and like does this like little shrug like you right. guys are beneath me yeah however i will say that penelope just ratting all of that out as Oof. lady whistledown is not the best way to handle it i understand yeah. why well and she clearly did it in like a rage and like right she thought it was the only thing she could do because then she just like balls she's still a teenage girl <laughs> it's basically the burn book um i hesitate to say i understand where she's coming from and why she did it because i don't want to say i understand in a sense that i would have done it too or i can see myself doing it for me it's more of a i get the mindset of being like i have tried everything i can to protect someone that i think i'm protecting and it's not working and this is my last option so i have to do it no i it she didn't do it the correct way that like it just never was gonna she could have told him privately she could have you know yeah tried to make them have an honest conversation about it although that wouldn't have gotten her what she wanted because if they had privately had an honest conversation then colin probably would have been willing to go along with it still it's the fact yeah. that it was aired out for everybody to know oh my yeah. gosh i just remembered anthony's face when colin announces they're engaged <laughs> <laughs> anthony has no poker face none whatsoever anthony's like <laughs> holy shit what <laughs> violet's like control your face we're supposed to know about and he does not control his face. no he doesn't whatsoever just cracks me up it is so funny to me like he does a lot of expressing through those mutton chops <laughs> <laughs> yes 100 um, percent, he does so should we talk about season two and like what we think is gonna happen i feel like i had a couple more points okay. that i we needed to talk about first of all we didn't talk anything about like Daphne and the Duke. <laughs> we talked about Daphne. Oh my god! We didn't talk about the Duke at all. How did we do? The whole that? point of the show is about her and the Duke. And we I just, just feel like, it. what is there to say? I mean, first of all, I want to talk about the fact that ugh, I don't like the wedding. 
I just need to say that because I'm really butthurt about how anticlimactic <laughs> that wedding was. It is very anticlimactic. And the reception. I think that's supposed to be the point, though. Absolutely gorgeous. Is that for her, it was very anticlimactic. Like, she had dreamed about her wedding day. And she spends the whole time, like, wanting to talk to him. And she can't get a moment with him. And I think that's supposed. I think it's supposed to come off that way. Like, how? Like we're supposed to see it as she sees it. Like, this is supposed to be the greatest thing. And it was just like, I didn't get anything from it. Like it was, I made it all up in my head. I don't think so. Because at this point she thinks that the Duke is actually in love with her. He was just no, I trying know. to protect her. That's so I'm I still saying. think she'd be excited about the wedding. Yeah. That's it's not, not what I'm saying. I'm saying she complains when they get to the honeymoon that she hasn't gotten to have a moment alone with him the whole wedding day. So I think it, it's supposed to be like she built up her wedding day as like this day that she was going to be so in love and have so much fun to be surrounded by all these people where she was still feeling rushed and scared of what Cressida could say and the pressure of everything being perfect and she didn't get to talk to him at all. Okay, and that makes a lot of good sense for the reception, but she, traditionally she wouldn't have been spending the beginning of her wedding day with him. So the actual wedding wouldn't have been anticlimactic for her. I mean, yes, she would have still been stressed and rushed. and I understand all of that, but I still feel like it would have been a moment for her to kind of collect herself and be like, okay, this is what I've always wanted. I'm really excited. I'm happy right now. Yada, yada, yada. It just wasn't. I'm just, I was annoyed with it. It wasn't as romantic. I, the Duke and Daphne, and I read this in a BuzzFeed review. The Duke and Daphne have great sexual tension as is shown to us time and time again. Unfortunately, <laughs> they don't have the greatest romantic chemistry yeah. at all times. There are some scenes that obviously are very nice, are very much so the hand scene built for With a woman's paintings. perspective. Um, yeah, the hand scene while they're looking at the paintings, him buttoning her buttoning cuff, her cuff yes. him taking her glove off at the wedding, and then again at that one him dinner scene. the spoon and the ice cream shop. Ooh, <laughs> that which, was just for the how audience. How did I for I, I missed That's it the second time. That's a thirst trap, dude. <laughs> I missed it the second time I because I saw a picture of it, yeah. and I went, oh, I can't believe I missed it because I remember watching it the first time and going, okay. So there are definitely moments that are built for those situations obviously the dancing scene at the end of the show and everything but i think they just spend so much time focusing on their physical relationship because it's supposed to be the tug and pull of the baby situation that it just i lose a lot of like them in it yeah and like it just it's it, it gets kind of redundant and boring to sit there and just watch them do the do over and over and over it really does especially when that's not something that i find to be entertaining so i was annoyed about it the whole time from the wedding on i lost interest because it did it seemed so like i don't know the solution seemed very clear it seemed very much so like they weren't just speaking exactly what they needed to they were both making a lot of mistakes Right. And it was just like, okay. There was so much back and forth, too. There were so many times that I felt like, oh, they're going to sit here and try and work this out. Or they're going to realize that they love each other more than this, yada, yada, yada. And they just don't do that. And it's so... They just... So they just have these moments of, like, in the middle of fighting where they're like, oh, hands all over each other. And then they're back to hating each other in two seconds. And it, it 
make it's but, so but old, one scene that does like place. pull it back to me is and th- they do a good job of showing that like they still care and love each other so much oh the um, is the scene. opera scene where she thinks you know like she's oh you know her courses they call them her courses are late she you know that they start the morning off with like she didn't see anything in her bed or whatever which right. like Yo, that's not always how that happens. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. We need to have some health classes. Okay. But her anyway. mom couldn't even tell her how yeah, sex worked. But um, <laughs> the closest they got was Colin telling her about the farm. <laughs> but, no, he told Eloise. Daphne was not there. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. Eloise was probably more, better informed than oh, Daphne. I've got one more thing to say but, about Colin. Anyway. um, And then they go to the opera and they're sitting there. And, like, the music is playing, and they're not looking at each other, and he grabs her hand, yeah. and they're holding hands. And it is clearly, like, no one can see that but them. But and it's, them. like, him just being, like, I like I still, you know, like, well, want you to know. And then she gets it, and then she's crying. And then, like, he looks like he's about to cry because he's clearly sad for her. Right. He sees her going through this traumatic experience of realizing that she is not having she does not have a she's not pregnant she won't be pregnant because she doesn't think that's ever going to happen now because that was the one time fucked up anyway and he you can see him struggling with himself because he's sad for her and we know he wants kids like at the end of the day we know that it's not that he doesn't want kids because he doesn't want them and he's good with kids. It's super cute. It's that- I don't think it's so much that he wanted kids as it was like he wanted to have a family with right. Daphne. Yeah. I mean, yes. And you, so you can see him being sad about all of that, but also like he's happy Yeah, because what he wanted is coming true and he's like arguing with himself and i just like that you can see it so clearly on his face it's like in harry it's, potter when he says you're gonna suffer but you're gonna, gonna be happy, happy about it 100 i think the whole show was built on that one line and this <laughs> one scene because i believe it to be one of the best scenes yeah it is i it is just the most also human i love to me. her dress I, same but i love that scene so absolutely much but yeah so i just don't i'm just not I want to be into their relationship because I like the idea of, like the you're my brother's best friend. It's an enemies to lovers sort of situation. It's a fake dating situation. Fake dating is my favorite, except that it's never really fake dating. They're almost a little too intense for me. Like I can't connect right. to them because they're so intense. And also they never really hit those peaks fully. It's never you're my brother's best friend. It You, you know, they, they kind of allude to it. They kind of allude to the fact that it's kind of an enemies to lovers yeah. And they kind of allude to the fact that it's fake dating. But it never goes I get what you're all saying. the There's way no, there. There's no, like, clear, concise direction of how they started and where they are. And it's annoying yeah. to me. I agree. It's, they, it, it, that drives me crazy. Um, also, I just have to say, I think my last point about them, if some crying kid ran up to me, <laughs> I simply would not be able to pick that baby up and just go, it's okay. I'd be like, who is this? I would Someone totally, help me. I would totally be able to pick that oh, baby up. Oh, you would. I'm not a kid person. I'd be asking for help for myself and not for the child. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a kid person. I am a very, I'm a nurturer. You are a Cancer Venus. <laughs> Accept it. I have accepted it. I'm not. I'm a Scorpio Venus. I give no oh, shit. You think I'd like Daphne and 
the Duke's relationship based on that. Yeah, but you also have like cringe trauma. I'm very. That's true. Um, my last, the one thing I forgot to mention about Colin. I'm sorry that I'm kind of backtracking for like two seconds here. It's in the same scene where the Duke is playing with Hyacinth and Gregory, but Colin. When he's well, no. I when just he's like fucking singing and yes, he's, and he's feeling so himself cute. and he thinks he's Frank Sinatra, I am annoyed about it. I'm so why I'm I, obsessed with it. I, to me, it's like he just looks like he's having fun. To me, he, he seems like he's like he thinks he's the golden boy. No, something. it just looks like he thinks he's I don't having, know. Like it's having fun. I think it's I get I get the ick when people sing, <laughs> but um, I get the ick with you, which is really dumb because. Uh, my boyfriend's a musician. You asshole. <laughs> and he sings constantly. And I'm like, yes, it's so perfect. But um, when other people sing, I get the ick. Um, speaking of the Duke with kids, I wish we'd gotten to see him more with Will's well, kids. kids. Yeah. Especially because, like, I really want the... Rela- okay, here's, first of all, my whole issue with the world is that I just like seeing people have relationships like all all kinds like Mm -hmm. i i i love it when celebrities are randomly friends with each other (laughs) nothing gets me so excited i I was listening to giggly squad today and something they said was that (laughs) page so what i'm gathering is that being an a-list celebrity is like you're in a very small high school (laughs) like they all know each other they all date each other they're all related that's exactly what it is (laughs) like nothing will ever top the moment that i have found out Eddie Redmayne, Andrew Garfield, Jamie Dornan, Jamie Dornan, and oh, I knew there was someone I was forgetting, and Charlie Cox were all roommates and best friends with Robert Pattinson all at the same time. I'm sorry. Robert just... Pattinson said he was an after that. <laughs> poor, poor Pattinson. They threw him that. table scraps, Mara. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just like, like... I need you to start articulating more. (laughs) Like, I just don't. It's right now because of Stardust is the Charlie Cox of it all. That's just kind of throwing me. But like the fact that he's good friends with Tom Hiddleston. And then I just like, what? (laughs) What are we talking about? My point is that I like, like personal. I like, I like interpersonal relationships. Yes, (laughs) I do. So I wanted the Duke to be like the uncle to will's kids. yeah i wanted to see that he had a bond with his kids because he clearly is he knows will so well and he knows will's wife so well and the kids are not that old that like you would think that he was around a lot right and i just don't ugh, i just love also will i just love wife. will and his wife like i love their dynamic like she is I like her gives no shits takes no like she's like i am just as much a part of this family this family and running you are like in running this household and like making decisions for our family as well like i like that they seem to make joint decisions even though like his last decision where he like clearly takes featherington's deal and like loses the match on purpose he throws it but i i still stand by that like i don't judge him for that and i hate that the duke did so harshly and i hate that his wife kind of seems disappointed but like she kind of seems disappointed in the way that's like i would never tell you like i didn't like that they have a conversation about it him and his wife talk about it no i know 
And I don't, I never got the. She never the gives like a harsh opinion. Well, right. Her she face when he does decision. it though is like kind of like uh. I wonder. And I think she is more like that because of his own sake. Like she doesn't want right. him to feel disappointed. I wonder if herself. she's more worried about him. But it is just it is a very valiant thing to give up your pride so that you can provide for your family. And the Duke is Says like the Gryffindor. And the Duke is <laughs> like, how could you do this? Da, da, da. What kind of man are you? What kind of father are you? And he's like. And it's like, dude, he's the guy who did what he had to do to set his family up for success and to make sure that they no longer have to go without. Yeah. And stuff. And then they end up getting to go to his ball and where she's wearing like a diamond necklace and a fancy dress. And it's like, that's what he did. Oh, okay. For, for two seconds. Can we talk about how paintings and dresses are not made that quickly? Yes. I don't. Mm, mm, Thank you. Mm. Thank you for coming Also, to they have different talk. backgrounds and I'm just like, huh? <laughs> I don't think hey. anybody understands what you're talking about right now, but that's I, okay. I, you do, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, one thing I will say about the end ball scene with Duke, with the Duke and with Daphne, Duke. with Duke, <laughs> listen, with Simon and Daphne, is that I, I call him the Duke way too often. His name is Simon. Everyone calls him the Duke. I know it's weird. His name is Simon. Or Hastings. Ugh. The only one who calls him Ugh. Simon is Daphne. I love the scene in the rain where she's like, no, let's put all this behind us. Let's just be together. Yada, yada, yada. I just love moments of like, you can't say anything else other than I love you because you just can't like articulate anything. And I just love that moment. It's so nice. It's so pretty. It's like when Darcy in Pride and Prejudice is talking to Elizabeth and he's like, admitting that he loves her for the first time oh when he says i love i love i love you yes yes oh i get chills even thinking about it because it just makes me want to vomit i love it so much it's it's just that moment where you're just like i don't i don't even know like i can't say anything it's just this and i get that feeling from that scene it's Mm -hmm. one of the best scenes for duke and for duke (laughs) every time you say it i see the dog (laughs) (laughs) i keep trying to say daphne and the duke and instead i'm just saying the duke No, or, just no, just Duke. Duke. The Duke anyway, makes Daphne and the Duke. Damn it. I love it so much. Okay, let's talk about Lady Bam- Danbury really quickly because uh, one of the things I wish <laughs> we had seen with the Duke and Lady Danbury and going back to like kids and stuff is her kind of raising him. Like I know she didn't raise him, raise him because she finds him when he's like ten, but like but still, sh- that's like still some of his most formative years, right? Though stuff will remember, and like clearly they're still very close, if and she. Lucky. She's clearly a mother figure to him. And he's clearly like a child to her. And I just wish we'd gotten to see more of that. I do like that Lady Danbury is like. Very. She's independent in the way Sienna would would want to be independent. Like she doesn't have to rely on anyone. But she's still like sophisticated and has like that life of luxury. In society, and I want to know, like, did her husband die? Oh yeah, I have lots of questions and all that kind of stuff. I love the way she talked to the old Duke, <laughs> and also going back to like childhood, D- the Duke and Lady Danbury. I wish we had seen him struggle more with a speech impediment. Oh, like as an adult. as he's like if he's frustrated or something or something's going on or even when he's drunk. Yeah, there's like one point seeing it slip. There's one moment with Daphne that he almost kind of tumbles over the words a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I really like that moment. It's very human. I wish that that would have been in there. I more. just feel like it, it, it would bring more to the character and also like it would bring more to the storyline and it would make sense. Like I feel like like people who have speech impediments work so hard to 
you know, like get past it, but it still happens. Yeah. I yeah, I agree. But yeah, um Lady Danbury is it's amazing. The light of my and life. And she throws like the best party. I want a woman like Lady Danbury. Can we talk about how after life? her party they're still partying like the night like she's at a table and the whole party is still set up and she's still like uh, yes. drinking with breakfast. It is one of those we stayed up so late that we are still partying. Yeah. I love I I miss being young. Also I just miss those moments. Lady Danbury can be my matchmaker any day. Yeah. I say that as if I'm single. I'm not, or I am. What? What? <laughs> I meant to say I'm not saying it as if I'm single because I am single. What? Okay. That still doesn't make any sense. Season two. Oh, yeah. Season Oh, I, I know what's up with the bee. Yeah. Okay, so the bee shows up, up at the very end when Daphne's having her baby. If in the books, I guess, it's that their dad died by a bee sting. Oh. So I think the bee is supposed oh, to represent their dad. Yeah. Um, oh, and they carry on the tradition of naming their children alphabetically. Do they? Yeah. Oh, he says they have to. What do you think the baby's name is going to be? Arthur. Arnold. Augustus. Alfred. Alfie. Oh, Alfie would be so Alfie cute. Alfie would be cute. Archer. Achilles, but only because I'm Achilles. reading the song of Achilles right now. <laughs> <laughs> Never be Achilles. Um, anyway. Yep, those are my options. Um, What are other things? Oh, I have to go to my notes for this and not look at your thing. I will say one thing I think the whole show could have used. Or the show could have used as a whole um, were some solid Mike Flanagan monologues. I well, I she kind of. I think that there Daphne has one at the end, at the ball scene at the end. Yes, and there are a couple other times that like ugh, one scene that I didn't talk about specifically was Violet and um, Daphne talking when Daphne is showing her the necklace that the prince got her, and Violet's like, "What about the Duke? What is going on? I don't understand." And Daphne kind of breaks down a little bit and tells her what's happening and everything. And then, mm-hmm. like, she shuts down because she's, like, can't go anywhere and she doesn't want to talk oh, about and it anymore. She's like, the necklace and so is she just pretty. turns around and she just goes, the necklace is really pretty, though. Oh, that moment it is such a good... gives me chills. <laughs> yeah, it is I love really that good. Moment. But I, um, uh, th- like, that scene is a very nice, it's not necessarily a monologue, but it is a very, in that kind of area. But yeah. I wish there would have been more monologuing. I just wish there were more in shows in general. There's just not yeah, enough. Yeah, me too. Um, and people are so annoyed about that with his shows because they're like, people don't talk like that. And I'm like, that's one of the best parts of his shows is those monologues obsessed with them. Right. Um. Anyway, for season two, clearly it centers around Antony. The Duke is not there. We're all very sad. And it's so these two girls are like, they come to town or whatever. And he's supposed to be courting, like, the younger sister. Yes. But his, the her older sister is, Who, like... ironically, is played by Prudence yes, from I know. Sex Education. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. But she is very... She gives me, like, Taming of the Shrew vibes. Yes. Like, she is almost like the high society Sienna to me. And they get very Ooh. hot and steamy. But he's, like, courting both of them. Aka awkward man. As someone who is, I think it's that he's sibling. like supposed to be courting the younger sister, but he's falling in love with the older sister. Yeah, because they don't get along. Yeah, and so they, I think they end up having to like hang out a lot. Oh because my gosh, of it. Anthony has to have a love hate relationship. Listen, I am very excited for that storyline. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's got a more clear storyline than I feel like the Duke and um, Daphne did. Me too. 
which by the way in the book it is a more clear storyline it's a fake betrothal they're like yeah i know that yeah engaged to each other the entire time but fake yeah, engaged but that would have made the stakes higher and that would have made me all yeah i really would i wish i would have had that um i don't really have much else to say about season Sorry. two other than that the mutton chops are gone and we are all grateful <laughs> um they took my notes <laughs> and i'm very happy <laughs> they took um, my notes. i'm excited to see how they go with the penelope featherington direction um the featheringtons get a fashion update there's a still from the from season two where they're all wearing gold oh my god that's amazing but like a nice but i wonder if that has to do with like the person who takes over the house gold. and if Ooh. it's gonna be that family intrigue oh i'm just excited to see where season two is going <sighs> friday Honestly, girl friday i know nothing about it but like i'm excited friday and I, i'm excited to see the balls and i'm excited to report back to you on what my favorite ball was from the season do we have anything else to say? Um, a lot of people were upset that Roger Jean Page, I think is how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry if I butchered that. <laughs> is, people are upset that he's not coming back, obviously. But he said in an interview that he feels like if he had come back, the relationship with him and Daphne would have been ruined. And I agree. I agree. That if you brought him back, you'd have to keep that relationship interesting enough for us if you wanted to keep it in there. You'd have to have something happen. <laughs> And then it would just ruin what you built up. And yeah. that's not what I need to be focused on. Which, I mean, is also a point to be said that maybe they don't have to have anything happen. I can just see them happy and in love because Anthony is <laughs> the storyline we're focused on. But I feel like that wouldn't happen with these but characters. And I It goes back to your, that's a throwaway character at that point. Right. Exactly. Anyway. Um, a corgi called Newton plays a large role in the show. I'm just letting you know. There's a dog. I'm in it for the dog. Let's You're let's 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 let dog. that be known I'm e- now. I'm excited to see Penelope struggle to stay a secret. Yeah. I'm excited for that whole situation in general. So let us know what you thought was going to happen that definitely did not happen or what did that you were excited about. <laughs> <laughs> and stay tuned for our uh, Bridgerton season two episode coming soon. OK, well, let us know what you thought of this of the show. Leave us some love. I'll leave you some love. We'll put it out there in the universe. Putting it out there. All the good vibes. I hope you have a good week, day, month, year. Hope you're living your best life. I'm not. not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, bye. bye!